Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. When were the... What schools... Where's that story? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions about Chicago, the region, and its people. I'm Jake Smith, and I'm here to answer a question about disparities in public art across Chicago. Well, kind of a question. Sometimes people come to Curious City for an answer, and sometimes to confirm a suspicion. Today's question asker, Gaylon Alcaraz, told me what she thinks is going on. Not what I think is going on. What is going on and what has always gone on is, you know, systemic racism and injustice go into this big pot and communities of color have to eat from this pot. You combine that with an alderman that is really not engaged in the community in this deep, impactful way, and then you get these things. By these things, Galen specifically means viaducts on the southeast side of the city, where she lives. In particular, there's this tunnel under the train tracks at 95th and Jeffrey. Inside, garbage and leaves collect on the ground. There's a mysterious wet spot that Galen has to jump over. The walls are peeling. It's like a lot of cobwebs and dirt and... It just looks like it hasn't been washed or anything power washed in forever. It just looks like nobody cares about the community. Gillan used to live on the north side, and she says the viaducts she's seen there don't look like this. A lot of them have art on the walls, art that makes people feel safe and cared for. So, why can't viaducts on the south side have beautiful murals like at the north side? You've heard Galen say it's about racism and injustice. And she suspects her alderman, Michelle Harris, is failing her constituents somehow. But she's not sure of the details. So I'm going to look at how these viaduct murals come to exist and how they get funded. I'll present those findings to Galen so she, and you, can decide if she's right. Galen's question rests on the premise that there are fewer viaduct murals on the south side than other parts of the city. And this, it turns out, is difficult to measure. There's no list of every viaduct in the city, let alone viaducts with murals. So I talked to an expert. Yeah, I think there's huge voids of public art of any kind in a lot of neighborhoods. And it's always about the money, I'm afraid. Sid Smiley is an artist and the president of an arts nonprofit called Arts Alive. And she's one of several experts who agree with Galen's observation that there's serious public art inequality across the city. But it's not always a clean-cut north-side versus south-side difference. In fact, when I talk to Smiley, she's painting a viaduct on the south side, under the metro tracks at 35th Street. This mural was funded by what is essentially a donation. It's a baseball-themed mural right by the White Sox ballpark, and the organization that owns the stadium commissioned it. There's eight to $10,000 worth of paint and materials just on this. Smiley has tried over and over to get city dollars for murals, but it's never happened. There were too many barriers. The biggest one was you had to sign an agreement to insure the city for a million dollars on the content of the mural. That is to protect against lawsuits. And Smiley couldn't find that kind of insurance. So these hurdles to city funding could account for the disparity Galen notices. Unless your neighborhood has private donors, like, say, a major league ballpark or wealthy arts boosters, viaducts will more likely go unpainted. But it actually is possible to fund murals with city money, and that happens. 
sometimes. Every year, ward aldermen get about $1.3 million in discretionary money to spend on infrastructure. And in theory, they can spend some of this money on murals. But here's a horror story. In 2013, Alderman Danny Solis from the 25th Ward hired artists to paint murals. He sent their invoices to the city's budgeting office, who weren't so sure that murals counted as infrastructure. They withheld the money, and Solis wasn't able to pay the artists for over a year. It was a minor scandal that other aldermen might have taken as a warning from the city. Best stick to straightforward infrastructure, like roads and sidewalks. Except not all aldermen have had such a hard time. My name is Joe Moore. I'm alderman of the 49th Ward of Chicago. The 49th Ward is up in Rogers Park, one of those mural-rich parts of the north side that Galon refers to. For comparison, Galon's ward has 27 viaducts and zero murals. We counted. But in Joe Moore's ward, 23 of the 31 viaducts have some type of art. It was a pleasant diversion from dirty walls and the pigeon droppings. And virtually all of these murals were paid for with discretionary money. The same money that the city held up in Solis' ward. So what's Joe Moore's secret? He's one of a handful of aldermen who lets his constituents vote on how to spend this money. It's a process called participatory budgeting. I think that gives city officials the added assurance that this is a public good, because it's the public that's deeming it a public good. Galon's ward alderman doesn't do participatory budgeting. Michelle Harris spends her discretionary funds on roads and streetlights. So Moore thinks there's an obvious way that Galon could get her neighborhood some murals. Reach out to her uh, alderman and encourage her alderman to uh, consider adapting participatory budgeting. Yeah, so it's easy to say, yeah, talk to your alderman. That's Galon again. I tell her what I learned about private funding and how some murals are funded with participatory budgeting. She's not encouraged. If we can't even get our alderman to respond to, you know, this tree that's here on the corner is impacting the roots in my house when my bathroom keeps backing up. I keep calling. Nobody calls me back. Go and talk to an alderman about a mural. It never works like that. It never, ever works like that. Sure enough, Galon's alderman, Michelle Harris, didn't respond to several requests for an interview. But another ward just south of Galon did recently start participatory budgeting. And even though viaduct murals were on the ballot, people selected other projects. So maybe the disparity that Galon points out is just because not everyone cares about viaduct murals. Galon doesn't see it that way. It's a broader conversation about race and inequity and injustice. She thinks Southside infrastructure has generally been neglected by the city. And there's some evidence to support that. So even if a Southside alderman does ask her constituents, they're going to choose to spend the money on urgently needed repairs because they're being forced to choose between need versus want. Which is why Galon thinks her neighbors have come to see amenities like murals as way out of reach. A lot of times, most people, if, if, if they're safe and they're okay and they have their basic needs met, that's enough. That's enough for people. But not for you. I think that we can have so much more. We can have so much more. Reporting for the story came from me, Jake Smith. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Curious City is supported by Wintrust, offering community and commercial banking, wealth management, and mortgage services. 
More about Wintrust Community Banking at Wintrust.com. Next time on Curious City, our questioner wants to know why Aurora City Council prays and if it's legal. Some residents think prayer's great. We have to be more aware of God and His leadership. But it's pretty split. There's many ways of communicating your religious beliefs, and I think the way that the City Council is doing it right now is only one way. A look at council prayer in Chicago suburbs. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.